0: You've arrived at Pretty Spiritual Podcast, where we share our spiritual journeys to empower yours. Come on in. Yeah. Okay. No, seriously, come
1: in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hello there, spiritual seekers. Hello. Back. This is Pretty Spiritual Season Two. And I'm Lindsay Pony here with Annie.
0: Hello, I'm Annie.
1: That's Annie there, and I'm Lindsay here. In our last episode, we made contact with, and maybe even some of us, I know I did, named our inner critic. For me, it became more clear that when our inner worlds are run by the harmful, relentless narration of a harsh inner critic, it doesn't lead to a feeling of a loving, free, safe environment. We're going to continue on with this thread and get into the topic of cultivating inner safety. Yes, I love it. If the concept of inner safety feels far off for you, as I know it did for me for so long, I did not realize that I was imprisoned. (laughs) I thought that I would bring in a few areas that you could explore, investigate, maybe write a little bit about so that you could get some more clarity around the concept of inner safety. So some prompts are what makes me feel safe in my body? What anchors me spiritually? I like that one because I'm like, what? How do I create emotional safety in the face of internal or external disturbances? When do I notice myself feeling unsafe? I think that's really one of the ones, the absence of safety and freedom has been a really excellent pathway, very fruitful for me to get to learn how often there is a feeling of utter chaos. (laughs) That's really my, before I didn't really realize when looking that, utter chaos was here. And that over time and through this practice, I've been able to see that I can actually cultivate and learn new pathways that lead to safety and freedom. So safety is a core need that all humans have. It's on the hierarchy of needs. And some of the ways that a lack of safety has gotten in the way of participating in life as my true authentic self I guess the nuances of feeling terrified, incapable, an imposter, there's a way to set the tone of inner safety for myself that ripples out into my relationship with others could cultivating inner safety, satiate the needs for safety. We often attempt to ring out of the physical
0: world. Oh, I love that. Ring it out.
1: Yeah. 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 If you're listening right now, you might notice that I'm attempting to choose my words carefully because honestly, I am piecing this together. This is so new and Annie and I decided to come and because I've been having this topic on deck for a while. And also, honestly, I am forging this new bridge within myself. Mm -hmm. So I have like utter chaos And destruction as kind of like a baseline before from the past that I was living in. And now I'm building this bridge that is helping me to see that within myself, I can cultivate safety and freedom and calm. So thank you so much for being on this journey and accepting it in its imperfections and getting to listen to the message here. The message. What if our inner world is where we cultivate and create all the safety and freedom we've ever needed? Yeah, that's totally what I'm trying to get at and what we're attempting to talk about today. So kind of a big concept, but we're piecing it together for y'all and for us. And Annie, I'm so excited to hear
0: your experience with this. Will you please start us off? Yes, Pony. I love it. Thank you for the topic. I love recording these episodes with you. I've had so many thoughts about this topic and to tie it to this three episode arc we've been doing. So the first one of this episode arc was the inner critic, and this is the middle, which is cultivating inner safety. So thinking of it in the context of that and what I had shared last episode I mentioned I had been diagnosed with this inattentive form of ADHD in as an adult. And so I've been learning so much about what this is, this mental disorder and what it means for me. And a major key I've learned is that essentially, if you have this ADHD wiring in your brain, you're more likely to have mental health problems like anxiety, depression, and PTSD. Guess what? I have all those things. So in regards to this episode and cultivating inner safety, it's really challenging to cultivate inner safety. If you have PTSD or CPTSD, which stands for complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Bingo, bongo. (laughs) I'll take CPTSD for 500. That's right. (laughs) So I was reading this really fascinating Body of research, it's titled ADHD and PTSD, and it was presented by the doctors, Andrea Spencer, Joseph Biederman, and Mohammed Malad. And it showed that the risk factor for PTSD in individuals with ADHD is four times greater compared to normal controls. So brains that don't have this kind of ADHD wiring. And it's due to this neurological vulnerability in people with ADHD. So basically the ADHD brain is why the way that fear is processed in the brain, in the ADHD brain is called an abnormal fear circuitry. Someone with ADHD, me, is more likely to have PTSD as a result of trauma, also me, which is so fascinating. So I just added that on the front because I'm just learning these things about myself. And especially when in adulthood, I was diagnosed with PTSD. At first I was like, I don't deserve to have that. I haven't really been hurt. People who have had real challenges, like have earned that title, but not me. I'm just weak, you know, like all this inner critic stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not even good enough to have this diagnosis. I'm just being a baby. And slowly I'm accepting what medical professionals are providing me with information and it just gives me more compassion. Like my brain is neurologically not as resilient to this thing that's called fear extinction. So it's this like process of getting space from a traumatic event after it occurs. So I'm far more likely to get stuck in this state of post-traumatic stress. So all of that's this huge buildup to say, what does this have to do with cultivating inner safety? Well, one of it is just not to blame myself for not being strong enough. I am predisposed to, get, to getting stuck in fear cycles. And so the second part now is I can empower myself with this knowledge. So I've done so much work. I've done body work, therapy work, spiritual work to increase this sense of safety and well-being in my body. And I just also wanted to shout out that for me, there are just some things that are not in my control. And for me personally, just this is what I believe for me that this, there's this crossroads of my footwork, like all the work that I do to create a sense of safety inside my body, like my efforts and my self-love practices and my attempts at growth, that they also cross paths with medical care. Because for me, I wasn't getting to inner safety without medication. Like I was stuck in that fear zone. This kind of second part of my intro is a shout out to nervous systems. <laughs> These Spoiler st- alert, <laughs> they are nervous. They are nervous. They're special <laughs> creatures. For a, such a long time, I thought my intellect ruled my system, At, but I wasn't a safe space for my body. I was like super reckless. And as a result, I had so many consequences, both emotional and physical due to my recklessness. And so what I have learned for me is that before inner safety could start was that I had to let my nervous system know that I was a safe place. So my nervous system operates independently of my intellectual mind, and it doesn't listen to my like lecturing. It doesn't pick up on the articles I read. It doesn't listen to my inner critic coaching. It just needs to do its primal thing and shift gears from the sympathetic which is the like fight or flight state into the parasympathetic state of safety, which is like the rest and digest and like, I'm safe. So my nervous system had to learn over time that I'm not gonna leave my body passed out on a lawn or in a car with a stranger, uh, that I'm not gonna drive drunk. I'm not gonna stay around people that detract from my sense of safety. I'm not going to keep quiet when I need to speak up. For me, part of this process has been over years teaching my nervous system that this body is safe. And then when that started to like catch up, then my whole system started to unify. And it was like the unsafe parts that were still trapped in my body could come out because intuitively my primal being, my nervous system knew like, okay, this is a safe space now. So this stuff that was too scary to even process, now we can let it out (laughs) because we're in Mm -hmm. a safe zone now that there's this kind of more unity happening between my head and my heart and my body like this whole system when i do get tripped into fear i'm far more resourced with the ability to go towards inner safety so i'll talk about how i do that when i am tripped into fear and when it doesn't feel safe inside myself or around me when we get to the tool sections Thank you for letting me share pony. What does it mean for you to cultivate inner safety?
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate all that you shared and I appreciate you sharing about your experience and how medication has helped you. And I really like how we can be honest and, and share all of our own personal experiences, which is what I'm doing here. I think for me, the, Culture that we have, you know, I heard a lot of you, and I know it for myself as w- as well. Where like I can't have complex PTSD, right? So this judgment, this judgment that comes up around what happened, really keeping me away from the healing space that I think can happen when I have compassion for myself, like really, really deep compassion for myself. And I didn't have that for a really long time. It took so long to learn about that and then to be able to have that. I need the compassion for myself so I can be really gentle with myself because for me, honestly, the fear states that are here, the intensity of life, the truth for me, how life feels for me is very intense. Um, life's intense. It's oversensory. There's a lot going on in the modern world. And a lot of our culture for me that I'm in is like, oh, yeah, it's good. We're good. Like uh, things are great. I'm going to pull myself up and I'm going to be good and things are going to be okay. And there's not much to grieve here. And I certainly can't be sad at any time. And if I am sad, then get on medication. And like there has been this real wanting for me to go to a space where I honestly have been touching into and believe that it doesn't exist with words. It is a place, my therapist talks about it being ethereal and multidimensional. And there in that space, if I am willing and able to go there, that is where all of my healing takes place. And I think this goes back to the question that I posed at the beginning what makes me feel safe in my body? But uh, the main one, um, and it's so much harder to put into words because it's a place that doesn't exist in words, is what anchors me spiritually. And I could not get there before this has taken so many years and so much insight and lit practice and time. Before the space that I lived in, it was remnants. And causes and conditions, I'm trying to find the right words, habitual thinking, and like the neurons that fire together that have wired together. And when I think about myself as being like an animal, the imprinting of the animal of the tribe that I was in, when we're younger, we can't self-soothe. So we co-regulate with who was around us and in the tribe and the animal niche that I was in, there really wasn't self-soothing. And the co-regulation that I had was very dangerous. And it worked. The aggression worked and the controlling worked in the habitual mind states. uh, um, It worked enough to be able to navigate this modern physical world enough, I guess. (laughs) It left me with complex PTSD (laughs) also. And that is the truth and the logic and the words of it but when i go into the space where i don't judge it and i say okay i my nervous system is flipped and has been flipped into a state of fear panic hypervigilance and waiting for the shoe to drop and that is what my past self has been living and not only that it's my current self still lives in that state. So Annie, when you were talking about like, remind, like my body, that's also this space, like the logical thinking part, I can do all the therapy and all the things and all the work and all of the backlogs of like what happened in writing, but it's within my body within this space that I go to where I can get it to get slow enough, and get calm enough. And this very first happened many years ago in therapy where I went and I touched each part inside of me and I let it, I let, I turned off the alarm bells that had been ringing. That makes me really tender to remember. I and mean, that was a while ago and I'm still in therapy and it's so cool to get to go to all of these different spaces inside my body and create this safe space to see a lot of it before is like the backlog of going and being in these areas in my body to see where it didn't feel safe and to be able to go and tend to those areas and see that I can hold and be with those areas now. And so... We're moving closer and getting into the tools, but what I I really wanted to do was kind of paint a picture of the past and how I was able to see that my nervous system and the world and all of these causes and conditions working together and it really running and humming. And I didn't really notice. And I just kept kind of propping myself up and being in this habitual state of like controlling and, and being really aggressive without knowing it, because that's what got things done in the sense. And so when we get into the tools, I'll talk more about, surely there's some tools in here about how I've been cultivating inner safety and what that looks like more. And I'm going to welcome Annie in and Annie's going to kind of bring us more into some tools in her area and we'll, we'll just keep weaving this safety blanket together.
0: i love a safety blanket. Yeah. I have three tools I want to share, but I had this light bulb happen when you were sharing pony that as we're chatting, I'm realizing, wow, we have been talking about the inner critic And also, we have been using our inner critics to try to manage this animal part of our nervous system that couldn't cope. Mm -hmm. So the nervous system's just flaring and blaring, like, help me, soothe me. And we're we're like, actually, we don't know how. So we're going to develop an inner critic to try to beat you down into submission. We've all said this in so many ways. And maybe you had already made that connection, but I didn't realize that I had my inner critic was this self-created tool to try to manage. A nervous system that was totally out of regulation. Mm-hmm. So right. interesting. And right. we couldn't cope. And so that was our tool because we didn't have other tools. It was but a great strategy. It was a great Brilliant. strategy. And now we have new tools. That's right. So I'll share three tools. I love it. Knowledge and mental health help have been so crucial for me in this cultivation, of inner safety. There was this time I was so disconnected from my body. And I don't just mean like my arm and my leg. I mean, like my body's actual needs and my nervous system's behavior. When I was started working with a somatic therapist that I still work with, who helped me slowly start to be able to put the fragments of myself together, just like baseline what she started teaching me and what I come, can still come back to and I have to use all the time is listening to my body cues. So that's my first tool is listening to my body cues to cultivate inner safety. Am I tired? If I am, don't pour caffeine on it. Give myself a five minute timeout with soothing music to breathe and regroup. So it's like, not only does it soothe my brain, it also lets my body know, oh, I'm being acknowledged. Like I've given you these cues that I'm tired and now you're tending to me. And it like creates this sense of harmony within me, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of my brain saying, you shut up body. I'm just going to pour caffeine on you and I'm going to force you to do my will. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because when I override my body cues too many times over too many years, I lose the ability to have inner safety because there's such a big disconnect. And if that sounds overwhelming, an easy place to start is just, set an alarm on your phone three times a day, and you can make titles for the alarms that says, how's my body doing? Do I need water? A five minute break, a healthy snack. And then you can plug an affirmation in there. Great job, me. (laughs) So the second tool is self-love. That whole inner critic episode last time really set this groundwork for this episode. And I can't have inner safety for me when I have this cruel, inner voice, nitpicking everything I do say or feel. I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you think it's acceptable to feel like this. Like that doesn't help. So the antidote here and stepping stone for me in inner safety is giving myself love, non-critical, non-judgmental love. You're doing so great, Annie. Oh, I see that you really want to criticize yourself right now because you think that's going to help. I love you. Anyways. I love you. Even though you want to criticize yourself right now, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking of this phrase swaddled in tender compassion, yes. just like smushled up pony has this new kitten that lets it just like sm- lets her just smush all over it. And pony just pours this unconditional love into this kitten. So I'm just like, Oh, just get swaddled up with this tender love. And then the third tool of mine, so is i um, listening to body cues, self-love, and the third one is talking about it. And that might seem counterintuitive since this is all about working inner work. But for me, one of my most common sources of lack of inner safety is I get carried away with a thought that I have now gone and lost my mind and I'll get really anxious and I'll start obsessing about that. Oh no, now you've gone and done nanny. <laughs> It's definitely over for you and your ability to like be functional. Often prayer and meditation can help me soothe that. But sometimes the obsessive thinking just goes a little too far. And if I become willing to be vulnerable with a safe person and I just call them and I say, Hey, I'm having this super bonkers thought pattern. It's like, it lets the pressure valve out of it. And I can breathe a little bit easier. So I can trust myself more by being vulnerable with people who are trustworthy because I get into the state where I have to fix it. And I'm the only one. And if people see me like I am, then they they won't like me. I'm not good enough, whatever. That is one of my tools. And inevitably, it really helps just to admit it. I feel completely off my rocker right now. (laughs) And then as soon as I say, I can laugh and I'm like, I'm actually, I'm fine. This is, this happens to a lot of people. People get nervous and they get anxious and they ruminate. Yeah. That's the thing. Oh, okay. I'm safe. This is safe. So those are my tools. It's pretty cool that we get to do this stuff because it's hard to do it alone. And I've gotten all these tools from other people. And I hope if you're struggling with inner safety, that they help you a little bit, because we want you to know that you're definitely not alone wherever you are on your journey with this. So what about you, Pony? What's working for you?
1: Yeah, thank you so much. And it's, it's so important. We grow better together. We're social animals. There are things that happen when we talk out loud and to each other for ourselves, especially, and for other people. And being able to have language is one of the most amazing tools. It really, it, it did so much for us. (laughs) So anyway, I could geek out about that. Okay. But I'm going to stay on topic right now (laughs) and talk about tools and uh, the body stuff is so, so important and helping the somatic soothing the body and getting into the body and helping it to know that it is safe has taken me. Years and years, and a lot of therapy as somatic therapist, and learning ways to get into the body because I was I was a disembodied, I was literally disembodied. I had smushed and dismissed Mm -hmm. all of my feelings and the truth for so long Mm -hmm. that I I was a walking around torso, is what I said one time. Yes, (laughs) you know, like being willing to and learning how to get into the body and melt the iceberg is what, how, what we call it, because we've been frozen in fear and without our feelings. And so it takes time to melt, to thaw. And so I, my main tool is a lot of loving, encouraging patience for yourself. I want to start there because just like Annie was talking about when I am beating myself to try and be a better person. I can't heal. I cannot get to the space that can be my own self healer when I am so busy berating and hating myself. It's just a misguided strategy. And it's, Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful and thankful to be able to see that and be able to see it in the moment when I can. And, you know, just talk to Bartine and be like, all right, sweetie, I hear you. I'm going to give you another job right now. (laughs) One of the things I really like, so this like gaining self-awareness and getting self-awareness is a practice. It's not like we arrive there or we have it. It's, I've been, I'm not sure if I shared this on the podcast, but it's Groundhog's Day, you know, Mm -hmm. like, spirituality edition. I, every day I forget that like, I got to check in with myself and like get into my body and go into this other space. That's not this material world. It It's just, you know, it's ridiculous in words, but let's just say mm-hmm. we're on board. Okay. Mm-hmm. We are, <laughs> we're on board and we do, let's say that we finally gotten over being really cranky and aversive to meditation. And so what I've been doing lately in meditation, instead of thinking I need to just sit there in silences, I've been using it as a self check-in self-awareness. And that's another thing. This is what I want to talk about before I had this real something from my younger self told me that. I needed to be okay at all times. So I just never check even to inquire about myself. And if I was okay, may mean that there was something that wasn't okay. And that was an issue. And it kept me from doing self check-ins. I just needed to be okay. And I was okay. And that really set me on this path of being really unaware and really disembodied. And I, (laughs) It is a painful place to be. So bringing in self-awareness check-ins, like Annie was saying, it's portable. You could do it anytime. I love the setting a timer for me right now. I have it as part of my meditation and it takes up part of a big part of my meditation. So it's like two birds, one scone. You know what I'm saying? I'm just really getting fed here. So what that looks like, and I give full credit to my partner, but I call it your as in your, as in my, because I think everything's my fault, okay? So this is very personal and how I remember it is fault with a with a P, your fault BS. So what that means is I'm going to sit and remember that I think everything's my fault. So this is very personal to me. You'll figure it out for you. Take a journey, do some writing. But since I think everything is my fault, that's what reminds me. I sit there and I feel the feeling of, Oh, right. I live this life in this state of I'm a burden and it's my fault. Everything is my fault and it's really not safe. It feels so bad. Anyway, the reason why I'm bringing up fault, P-H-A-L-T-B-S is because it's an acronym that stands for fault. So physical, get physical in my body. Okay. So like do some neck rolls. My neck's really tense. I hold everything there. I am gritting my teeth until the end of time, because I have to swallow down every pain, fear, and hurt that I've ever had and pretend as though it's not here. So I got to let you know my jaw, my neck, they got some issues. So the P is a reminder physically, babe, get in your body, go ahead and do some neck rolls. Go ahead and relax that jaw. Go ahead and learn about the lion's breath and just unlock your jaw and let it just start crying. Oh, yeah, you're in meditation. You got time. Okay. So then I'm going to move on to, so it goes from um, fault BS. Cause it's my fault, which is BS. So P to H, which is hungry. Am I hungry? Remember you need a snack. You need to feed yourself appropriately. If you don't, then you're going to be ravenous and people you're just uh, for me. I'm an animal and I'm hungry and I'm going to attack. <laughs> so it's good to check in about hunger and feeding myself appropriately, which is a whole other topic. Okay, so now we've gone on from P to H to A, angry. Oh, yeah. good thing we talked about this because you know what? I'm pretending I am not angry from 20 years ago. And okay, so I see that there is some remnants and some resonance of anger that are probably piling on. And I'm gonna go there and I'm gonna say, okay, anger. Oh, I'm gonna breathe into you a little bit. Okay, all right, you're allowed to be here. Turns out you're allowed to be here. And then- we move on to the L, which is lonely. Oh, loneliness. Oh, the loneliness I feel when I'm in a group of people. Oh, okay, there's that kind of lonely. Oh, the loneliness I feel when I'm with my partner. Okay, is that here? Okay, what's that look like? How can I be with that and allow it to be here right now and let it know that there's more compassion in this world for it to be here? How can I tend to that loneliness? Okay, am I tired? We're moving on to T, okay? We've gone from fault, we're at the T. Tired, all the ways that I one can be tired. Am I tired in my body? Am I tired in my mind? Am I tired of and just really go through and touch into those? I'm really getting to know myself now by the time we're at the T, and then we're going to move into B for the B part of the BS, and that's bored because boredom is a whole other. I need to know when I'm bored and what that leads to and me checking out and what I think is ways that are okay for me to be bored. And boredom is okay. Being bored is allowed. And when I'm more aware of it, the more I can do with it. And then S is for sad. Is that right? Of course it is because I'm sad. Yeah. A sounds legitimate. Here. It is. It's so funny. Of course I'd pretend like I'm going to pass through that one. Okay. So now we've just talked about the fault BS, specifically my fault, which is BS. And then I get to see and do this little check-in in this awareness. And that's a, a beginning part of a really important self-awareness check-in. When I take the time to allow myself to check in and see what is actually here, the more I get to show up for myself and what is actually here. And the more that I can cultivate this feeling of, I am here, I am lovable, I'm going to love myself. I'm gonna to tend to whatever is here and I'm gonna be with it. And in that space, I find real safety and freedom to get to be with the things that are that are here right now so that I can take this safe place and integrate it into present time living, which is the practice. So I can catch myself going down the stairs and believing that like things are awful and that I don't have time and that I'm unlovable and that everything's my fault and I can catch myself. And then I can integrate this feeling of safety and what it feels like when I really take the time to be with and love myself and allow these things to be here instead of trying to fake it away, wish it away, prop it up as being fine, hurt myself with like, you know, Bartine and my inner critic coming in about how I should be different. And this isn't real and really creating this big, that's the thing with safety and freedom within myself and within my body, when I'm able to drop down in there It's so much bigger and expansive than my tiny death grip, clenched jaw, panting chest that can't breathe. There's this luminous space that's there to hold me.
0: Pretty exciting stuff. It's amazing stuff. It's internal revolution stuff.
1: It really, really is. And I think of it as like, we don't just learn about this and say, okay, now I can just work really hard and and cultivate the safety and there be the safe spot. It's like a flash, you know? It's a flash, it's a moment, it's a feeling. And I help myself, I, I take notice of it. I, I notice oh, that is what that felt like when I felt really safe there. And then I bring it in and I let it wash all over my body. I bring it to every cell of my body. I sit with it and I let it come through or I stand with it. I'm like, oh, I know the feeling of fear and terror and, you know, even just general malaise. I know that feeling. Can I bring in this comfort and safety and let them kind of let it, be a safety blanket, this quilt Uh that I'm building piece by piece that one day I honestly believe will, I'll really get to lay in and with it, even in the face of calamity. So that's my hope
0: swaddled in tender compassion.
1: Yes. Yes. Oh my God. I can't believe we're talking about this type of stuff. I'd be so angry a year or two ago. Reject, so, reject. That's right. Push it away. This is definitely
0: can't be real.
1: Unknit blanket.
0: Unknit blanket.
1: That's right. I'm not gonna try it. And now I'm like, ooh, may I borrow one's blanket? Yeah. This is here for all of us. So thank you so much for joining us.
0: Yes, we love you. If you love us too, please rate and review us on the platform you listen on and follow us on whatever platform that you're listening on. And we spend most of our interaction time is on social media. So seek us out there and we can connect and it's really fun. Yes. And you can always use your, the greatest
1: thing that we can ever do is to tell someone, you know, about us. That is real. If you feel it's useful, you don't have to do that. You'll know the right people you'll know. And we all want to be together. And Annie has been doing all of our social media. (laughs) And I just want you all to go and send her a beloved note because I have been doing such internal work that right now it's not safe for me to be on social media, but I promise one day I will come back and do work. This is really important and takes a lot of work. And Annie has been doing so much of it. And if it wasn't for your, you all's y'alls, as I would say, if it wasn't for y'all's comments, I don't know if I could keep doing this. So I'm really grateful to Annie and to all of you, how we grow and learn together and get validation and be heard. We mm-hmm. all need it. So yeah, we do uh, thank you all so much.
0: Yeah. And exciting. So this is the second in a three episode arc. So pony, why don't you t- say what's our next episode about?
1: Yeah. Our next episode is we're going to really get into the projection. I haven't written on my mirror as projection reflection. Ooh. So I don't know how that's all going to play out, but I do know that I do so much projecting and my internal environment, I project onto my external environment. And it's really cool to explore and confusing. And I thought we should all just try it together.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) And I love how they, (laughs) I love how it builds on the inner critic, inner safety, and then projection and how all three play together, how we can untangle those three and maybe have some freedom
1: Yeah, we could dismantle
0: and rebuild, renegotiate. I love it. Let's try it. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.